From Nashville, Tennessee, Southwestern Family of Companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week, we share insights and inspiration for movers and shakers in the world of business. Our goal is to help you increase your self-discipline, overcome procrastination, and help you to take action on all the things that really matter. What if you had a simple formula that you could follow to describe in the best way possible exactly what your company does or what your service provides? That is what we are talking about today using the story brand framework from Donald Miller. Um, His book is just coming out and it is phenomenal, an absolute game changer. This has become our, you know, uh, my personal playbook for everything marketing uh, related. And and it's something that we have started to um, teach to some of our clients. And Donald is a customer of ours. We're a customer of his. Um, but we're talking about how to talk about your business, how to find the words that you need to describe what you do in a way that's not confusing, that isn't long-winded, and that gets the point across clearly to maximize the number of people who will engage or buy from you. So it's very, very powerful. You're going to understand the biggest mistakes that companies make when they're talking about their products and services. You're going to understand why Donald Trump got elected. Uh, you're going to understand uh, the, the uh, a, a formula, literally, formula laid out for how to describe anything that your company offers. So it is a powerful one. I'm so glad that you're here. So we'll get started with the interview just after this message. This episode is sponsored by Southwestern Coaching. Southwestern Coaching has helped over 11,000 people increase their incomes by over 25% on average. As a successful salesperson, you know the importance of increasing your sales. But sometimes you might just need a little extra push and accountability to meet your goals and grow your business. Southwestern Coaching will help you increase your income through one-on-one sales and leadership coaching tailored specifically to your needs. Together, we will elevate sales. To schedule your free one-on-one business action planning session with a Southwestern Coach, go to www.southwesternconsulting.com forward slash action catalyst. I am so excited to share an absolute gift with you today. Uh, my my good buddy Donald Miller is the, one of the masters of story, and he's a New York Times bestselling author of Blue Like Jazz, uh, Scary Close, several other books. But he and his team have put together what I really believe is a gift to the world, and their new book is coming out October 10th. It's called Building a Story Brand. And what they have done here is going to transform the way that you communicate. And Donald was nice enough to come back on the show. And we're going to have a little uh, private coaching session here where I get to pick his brain for free about (laughs) everything that we need to do. So, Donald, welcome back. It's good to be back. So, why this book? Because this is a shift for you. It is. It's a a shift. Um, So, why this book? Why now? Like, how'd this come about? Well, most people know me as a writer. If they know me at all, they would know that... uh, uh, I've written a bunch of books, and uh, most of them are memoir flavor. They're self-helpy kind of books, but they're told in first-person memoir perspective. And uh, 
you know, by the time you write your eighth memoir, you're just a clinical narcissist, right? So it's time <laughs> for a pivot of some sort. And I developed this framework based on narrative after studying stories to write screenplays and books for 15 years. I developed a framework that uh, I could use with my own conference company to filter my messaging down. And, and what, what that basically means is I, I figured out how I could use the elements of story, which I'm convinced are the most, is the most powerful tool to compel a human brain, to talk about my company in such a way that people would be interested and want to listen mm. and engage. And you know, the theory was that would turn into higher revenue and higher customer engagement, all this kind of thing. Developed that framework, took my own company through that framework, and we quadrupled in revenue. And we saw that, oh, this framework that we use just to clarify our own corporate message with my conference company is more valuable than anything we've ever come up with. Mm -hmm. So we sort of leaked the fact that we had it, and uh, we didn't really put together a website or anything, just sort of leaked that we had this framework that could help a company clarify their message. And the first company was Procter & Gamble, and then uh, Ford Lincoln, and then the White House, and then and we were off to the races, mm -hmm. and shut down the old conference company. And it, for me, it was a wonderful thing because, you know, I really did feel like in my writing career, I'd, I'd said it all. And I'm not the sort of writer who can come up with a book every year and write it. Life needs to happen for me. You know, I need to, to engage some stories. And sure. basically, what I do when I write a book is I, I, I look back and I go, okay, two years ago, what were you struggling with that you are no longer struggling with? And if that's interesting, I'll write a book about it. So, you know, it's been relationships, it's been faith, it's been, you know, all sorts of other things. It's been meaning of life with one of the books. And, uh, and I didn't have any more of those, you know, I wasn't, <laughs> I hadn't struggled with anything in a long time, I guess. And, uh, so I thought, well, I'm going to, I'm going to turn this framework into a book. And, uh, so what is it? So, so what is the story brand framework? It is based on the seven plot points that happen in almost every story. And I, I really mean that. I mean, 99% of stories follow a narrative arc that is exactly the same. Right. So whether we're talking about Bridget Jones' Diary or Rain Man or Hunger Games or Star Wars or Romeo and Juliet, it's the same story, basically. You just interchange some of the characters and some of the conflict. But what most people don't know is there is an order in which a story will unfold. And if you disobey the rules of that order, you will lose the audience. Right. And so if you know what those story formulas are, there are seven of them, uh, you walk into a movie, and within 15 minutes, you can pretty much tell what this is. This is Monster in the House, or this is Quest, or this is whatever, these seven basic uh, story formulas. What that said to me early on when I was thinking about this process was, this is a language that human beings speak. And... Most companies don't know how to speak this language. Mm -hmm. And here's a summary of it. Every story is a character, a hero, that is facing a villain that is causing them external, internal, and philosophical problems. They are in search of a guide, another character, who can help them overcome their conflict and experience a happy ending instead of a tragic ending. Oh, okay. That's basically story. So that, that's a lot. But in, in, what it has to do with business, though, is these seven basic principles. First is okay. So hold on. So before we before we dive into the principles, so so um, that is like you said, the narrative arc of every story. Pretty much every story, not everyone. Pre pretty, pretty much. much. Yeah. But and and that's we're going to get to that because that's the solution here is understanding that. But but you know the subtitle of the book is clarify your message so customers will will listen. That's right. Um, and that's very very clear. It's like one of the problems that as a you know as a as a as one of the co-founders of a business that I experience. It's like 
like anyone else, is trying to get people's attention. How do you get right. people to listen? How do you get to them to engage? There's so much noise, and this is sort of a formula for cutting through all of that noise using some of the some of the things that are really hardwired into the neuroscience of our brain at this right. point because we learn by story. So before we dive into the framework, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see marketers making? Um, because I think the framework is a solution to to that. So before we talk about that, what what are what are the things? Because obviously you're helping companies. You, you know, we 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 sure. worked with you. Yeah, uh, I know you work with several politicians, lots of big companies, small businesses. What are what are the things that we do wrong, or that you see people doing wrong? There are a lot of mistakes that companies make, but here's the big one: companies assume that customers are going to give them an amount of time in order to understand what they offer, hmm. and they're not. They're not. They're they're going to give you zero time. They're going to spend four seconds on your website. They're going to pass by your billboard at 85 miles per hour. They're going to swipe up on their Instagram feed and your ad's not going to get any attention. What this means is you have to communicate very clearly why they should stop and pay attention. And you have to do it in a few seconds. Mm -hmm. Therefore, if you are confusing or elusive or you know, unclear generally. Obscure in any way. You are invisible. I don't care how much you paid for that billboard. You're invisible. I don't care how much you paid for that web designer. You are completely invisible. So most companies go, well, we got to get some attention. So we have to say who we are. We have to say it really loud. We have to tell our story, which is a trap. 95% of creative agencies believe that. And it's why most companies waste enormous amounts of money on marketing. Nobody cares about your story. The way that you get somebody's attention is that you invite them into a story. And you wait, the way you okay, invite so them in. Okay, hold on. So before we go there, so that's, so that's really good. So you guys have a phrase that you say, and it's worth capturing. You talk about if you confuse. You'll lose. If you, if you confuse, you will lose. And, and no matter if, it doesn't matter how loud you say the message, how many times, how much money you spend on it, if it's not clear, you're going to lose. Right. So I've gone around the country and, and, and asked this question to thousands of people. In the general election last year, in the primaries, that is, what did Jeb Bush want to do for America? Nobody has ever answered that question. And I, I bet you I've no answered idea. that question to now 150,000 people. Nobody's ever answered it. When I say, what did Donald Trump want to do for America? Everybody says, make America great again. I mean, they literally chant it in unison. Yeah, make America great again. Jeb's message was confusing. Donald Trump's message was clear. Who's the better candidate? I mean, arguably, I think a lot of people would say Jeb Bush, especially at this point, would probably have been a better president, but he lost. The reason is people were confused and they passed him by, so he's essentially invisible. He, before, he called us and we, we went in and helped him a little bit at the very end, but before we went and helped him, he was at 3% in the polls hmm. with $117 million in the Right to Rise Super PAC and $12 million wow. in the general campaign fund. This is not a money problem. This is a message problem. Well, and it's, it's kind of like you go, regardless of what you think of Trump, he was crystal clear. It's crystal clear, and he learned it by reality television, by telling stories, by understanding what gets somebody's attention. Interesting. And drama gets their attention. Talking about problems He's gets their attention. He's a master of attention. Identifying villains gets people's attention. Now, he, he, I, I also think he's extremely manipulative in the use of narrative. He vilifies people who aren't actually villains. Sure. Well, so what, I don't want to get too much into the politics yeah, of yeah. him, but, but, the, but the point is clarity counts for a tremendous amount. And I would even say narrative clarity. Narrative clarity. Who is your customer? What is their problem? How is it making them feel? Why is that just plain wrong? 
and why are you qualified to get them out of this problem? And here's those the, are questions that we have to answer in our marketing collateral. And the biggest thing that I think one of the biggest paradigms, because I've I've gone through this, we've gone through it as a team. Like we're eating this up. Uh, you know, we bought forty eight copies of the books to give to Thanks. our client. I mean, like, um, and one of the biggest shifts for me personally was going. Usually, when you think about promoting your company you go, let me tell the world about my company. It's almost right. like we're wanting to tell our story. You guys completely flip that around to where it's like the story, when we talk about story, it's not telling your the story of your company, your history. It's basically making the customer be the the hero. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so you want to say, you want to communicate a customer-centric message. The message has to be about the customer. Let me give you an example. Let's say I'm giving a talk. Let's say you know we're at some TED talk, you know, symposium, and there's a bunch of TED talkers going up. The first guy gets up and he says, "Hey, my name is Don, and uh, I come from Nashville, Tennessee, and I've lived there for about five years with my wife. We have two dogs." And okay, that's how I start my talk. You're telling me your story. That's right. Right. Second guy gets up, doesn't say his name, doesn't say where he's from, doesn't let you know that he has dogs. He literally says this. We've got a big problem. 50% of the people in this room will probably die of cancer. Who's more interesting? Whoa. Whoa. I don't know that guy's name. I don't know where he lives. I don't know if he have dogs, but I am plugged in at this point. Wow. And then he goes on to say, your water here is whatever. You know, when a story starts, when a character has a problem, it opens a story loop. It makes me want to pursue some sort of answer to this question so that I can close that story loop in my brain. The fact that you're from Nashville, Tennessee and have been married five years and have two dogs does not open a story loop in my care. brain. I don't care. So I'm seconds are ticking by and I'm waiting for you to open a story loop and you're not doing it. So my brain is designed, I believe by God, that when you don't get to the point or you're confusing, my brain is saying, you know what? I'm burning calories listening to this guy, and he's not going anywhere. He's not doing anything to help me survive. Not doing. There's nothing in this talk for me. Barbarians may come over the hill here in an hour, and I need to save some calories in case I have to fight them. So I'm just going to tune out on this guy and rest my brain a second so that I can conserve calories in case there's a threat in the future. When you are confusing, your customer's brain literally is programmed to shut down and ignore you as a survival mechanism. To conserve energy. That's exactly it. So you have to enter and you have to invite them into a story very quickly. And by doing that, you have to identify an ambition that they want and a problem that is keeping them from getting what they want. And you got to talk about it right away. And that's the part for me that was like every you 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 said something. I don't remember exactly what it was, but you said something to the effect that every person wakes up every day. And they are the hero in their own yeah. story. So it's almost like you have to go into their world and you have to play a role in their story. That's exactly it. Not, not they come into your world. Your story doesn't matter. Now, there, there are places in our framework where you can tell your story, but it's not what you think. Nobody will ever care that your grandfather started the company. So give us the seven. So, so, so the story brand framework, the SB7 framework. Right. So, so, so give us the seven just steps, just the names of them really quick. What's the order? Well, there's a character. You identify who the character is. You identify what they want. Okay, so hold on. So the character in, in your customer. That's your potential customer always. Your potential customer. If you're marketing, whoever your potential customer is always the character. They are the hero, They're not the you. Hero. And you have to identify something the hero wants. Okay. And we have to say that in our marketing collateral. You know, if you want to save 15% on car insurance, who do you go to? Yeah, Geico. Exactly. See, you already you know that. That's yeah. effective marketing. 
You know, now what if, uh, you know, what if Geico came out and had ads that said, we won J.D. Power and Associates Award for best customers? Yeah, who cares? Who cares? Right? What's that? I don't know. What I that's, only that's, Congratulations. Care, <laughs> I only care about things that matter to me. That's right. So there's yeah. two mistakes that brands tend to make when they're identifying what the customer wants. They either make it so elusive. You know, I, I sort of uh, poke fun at one of our clients. You know, they wanted to use the tagline, trust is the commodity we exchange. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh-huh. I don't know what that means. I don't know what. I, okay, that's great. Uh-huh. Whatever. I don't know what you're selling. I don't know. It's a dumb ti- tagline. It's it's unclear. It's unclear. It's, yeah, it's like you could actually the... just say we sell really great toilets, and you'd sell a lot more toilets if you just told them you sold toilets. So you know th- that's the sort of unclarity I'm talking about. Or the other thing is a brand will offer so much that there's 15 things that we offer that our customers want. And that's, that, that's great, but if you have a movie and Jason Bourne wants to know who he really is and lose 30 pounds and marry the girl and he's thinking about adopting a cat and he wants to run a marathon, you will lose the audience. They, they don't, they, their so brain you have to choose one. You have to choose one. And it would be an umbrella thing that all the stuff you offer comes in under. So with Dave Ramsey offers financial peace. Well, how does he do it? He offers it through selling great mortgages. He offers it through software. He offers it through classes. He offers, but he offers financial peace. It's the one thing he's known for. Right. And we've got to do that as a brand. So first, identify what your customer wants. Then identify the problem they are encountering getting what they want. I'm not going to go into this. This would take a long time. But what is challenging them from getting what they want? What is keeping them from getting what they want? You need to position your brand to help them overcome that challenge. But you need to name the challenge. You need to name it and say, we help you overcome this. We help you overcome gingivitis. We help you overcome procrastination. We help you overcome weeds in your lawn or embarrassment in your neighborhood because your lawn looks so bad. Identify what it is and make it singular also because stories work best in singular uh, plot points. Don't add, don't put a bunch of stuff here. Uh, and then you position yourself as the guide in the story. Now, the guide is a character that is existed for thousands of years since Plato and Aristotle. They would put this other character in the story that is basically kind of a bit part, but it's a very important part. The sole purpose of the guide is to help the hero win the day. Hmm. So the biggest paradigm shift is never position yourself as the hero, only position yourself as the guide. So coming back to famous movies, so right. give us who are famous guides that we would see in movies. Oh, in Hunger Games, uh, it would be Woody from Cheers, right? Haymitch yeah, is, yeah, Haymitch, is our yeah. guide. Uh, in Star Wars, Luke Skywalker is the hero. Obi-Wan Kenobi is the guide, or Yoda is the guide. There's often uh, multiple guides. In the King's Speech, uh, King George, of course, is the hero. Lionel, the drama coach, is the guide. In Moneyball, uh, Billy Bean is the hero. Peter Brand is the guide. So Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi is the guide for Karate Kid. You know, on and on. And, and the, the, the guide sometimes can be the, the central character of the story. Mary Poppins is the guide in the movie Mary Poppins. The father is the hero. And the father's hardly on screen, but, but he's we, actually the hero in the story. So when we think about marketing, your company is the guide, not the hero. That's right. And there's a reason for that. Every one of us wakes up in the morning self-identifying as the lead protagonist in a story, as the hero. When you come to me and we meet at a cocktail party and say, what do you do? You say, well, I work, I, I help start this company and we're actually, you know, we have a great company culture and we, we have a great, great places to work metric and we're trying to double revenue next year. What, what, as you talk about your company and yourself, what my brain is doing is it's categorizing you in my mind and it's categorizing you as another hero. Now, it's not that I don't like you. I'm actually quite interested. You know, and I'm like, I wish this guy would keep in touch. He's got this great story going on. I wonder, you know, if that's going to work out. Um, for now, though, I do wish he would step aside because I'm actually looking for a guide to help me solve a problem. Mm-hmm. And you're not talking about my problem. And you're not positioning yourself as an authority to solve my problem. 
you're telling me your story. So if you're talking about yourself, you can't, it's like you're not talking, you can't be talking about yourself and talking about my problem at the same time. You can, as long as you're talking about yourself in the context of Of solving problems. So when you say, instead of saying, you know, I work for this company that helped start plenty of years ago, you would say something like, um, you know, I'd say, what do you do for a living? You say, well, you know how most, so most salespeople actually don't have accountability right. and they really struggle to make the calls and close the deals because we're all kind of lazy on the inside. Uh-huh. I have a coaching firm that actually keeps salespeople accountable. And we find that when employers hire coaches for their salespeople, their revenue goes through the roof. Mm-hmm. It's called, and then you, you go from there. Right. Well, what did you just do? You just identified a problem that I may have. Right. You talked about the solution and you invited me to live that story myself to solve my own problem. That is good, effective marketing and branding. Right, because I'm speaking to something you care about, which is a problem that you have or you don't have. You invited me into a story. You identified a problem that I have or you agitated a problem I didn't know I had and you offered a way out of that problem. So so there's the guide. That's the guide. Then what the guide does is the guide, there's a couple things in the book. There was a way that you position yourself as a guide in your customer's subconscious. There's two things you need to do. One of the other things that you need to do is you need to give the guide a plan. I mean, the hero a plan. The guide gives the hero usually three or four steps that they can take in order to solve their problem. And the reason you do that is because most customers won't engage you if they get into a confusion. I've actually hired one of your coaches uh-huh, for my uh-huh. salesperson, so I, I know how this works. Uh, but, but let's say we're at the cocktail party. You say, you know, you should call me. My coaches can really help. I'm probably not going to call. I'm probably like 40% ready to call you. Because there's kind of a fog there. I don't know how much it's going to cost. Is it going to be, you know, is it going to take a bunch of my time? You know, am I going to have to fill out a bunch of paperwork? You might be interested, but you have questions. And if I have questions, I'm not going to make the deal. Hmm. And here's why. Because it's a risk on my part. It's a financial risk. It's also a social risk. I may I may be foolish by by buying into a bad service. So there's there's, and at the point where I start feeling that risk, those are all excuses to walk away. And your customers are going to take those excuses. So what you have to say to me is, Don, it's really easy. So, so what you would say is, if I say, you know, I'm, I'm kind of interested. Can I have a card? You'd hand me your card and you said, yeah, absolutely. It's actually super easy. You and I just get on the phone. We have a, a call. I assess your needs. We send you a custom strategy, a report saying what we think you should do. And then we help you execute it. It's just a three-step plan. It's super easy. Well, what did you just do in my brain? You just said, Don, it's not going to be a lot of hard. There's not going to be hard work in this. It's going to be super easy. We find that when you actually say to folks, hey, this is, let me show you visually one, two, three steps, and they go, oh, this is easy, you see a dramatic increase in customer engagement. So you need a, pl- a, you need a plan. plan. So you start with a character. There's something they want. That has a problem they getting a problem. it. They meet the guide. That's guide. you. And the guide gives them a plan to solve Which their problem. Which is number five is the plan. That's right. Yeah. Uh, actually, it's number four. Four is the plan. And okay. then number five is you call them to action. Yes. So you make your direct calls to action, buy now, schedule an appointment, register today, extremely clear. And it's amazing how many clients come to us. And we look at every website of every client that we engage. And they come to our workshops, and we put their website on a giant 80-inch screen. Which Scary. Some of them is terrifying. Everybody. Yeah, like, oh, but, gosh. But uh, we, we don't embarrass you. But we do say, hey, you know, you, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do this. One of the things we often say is your calls to action aren't very clear. You're saying things like learn more or contact. That, that's very evasive language. You need to say call now, buy now. It needs to be extremely clear. And just clarifying your direct call to action. And in the top right corner of your website, you should have just a couple buttons. Most people have 10 or 12. That's clutter. 
the only thing I want you to do is apply or buy now or schedule an appointment. So why, why, why I'm going to put that in the top right corner and I'm going to make it a different color. Like painfully the, obvious. Painfully Explicitly obvious. Explicitly clear. Yeah, if you go to our website, you don't see a bunch of buttons. I think contact is down at the very bottom in what we call the junk drawer. People will look for the contact button. You don't need it at the top. What I want at the top is, will you marry me? I'm trying to marry the girl here, right? So you don't want to like, will you marry me? And also, would you like to meet my brother? And also, would you, you know, no, let's just stick with the one question that we're trying to get to here. And so, you know, it's just being more direct. And also, customers need to be challenged to place an order. And most of us are selling passively, which makes us look weak. We, we think we're saying this. We think we're saying, oh, you know, uh, I don't want to bother you. Uh, but you know we do have a great service. If you need it, give me a call. Uh, but I really don't want to. I, I don't want to be one of those pushy salespeople who's bothering you. Okay. We think we're being polite. What the customer is actually hearing is, uh, I don't actually believe in my product. I don't believe it will actually solve your problem. If you do want to give me some charity and buy it, I would appreciate that. But I'm not very confident that I have what. It... Can you imagine going to a doctor and the doctor says you have cancer, and they say, well, you know, we we do. I mean, we have a pill that for, a, for a lot of other people has just made made this go away very quickly. It's actually, you know, but but I don't want I don't want to bother you. You know, it's like you're going to tie that guy down and force that pill down his throat right. and make him pay for it because he's going to die. So if you don't have a problem to solve, no wonder you're being passive. But if you're if you do have a problem to solve, you're going to be direct. And then the final two after calls to action are you have to tell people what are the negative consequences of not doing business with you. You have if there are no stakes in the story, there is no story. If the bomb isn't a threat to go off and hurt a bunch of people, there's no reason to keep paying attention to this. The bomb's a dud and it's not going to hurt anybody. I'm not going to watch 90 more minutes of this guy trying to get to this bomb that we all know is not ever really going to go off. Uh-huh. I have to. Have, what are the negative consequences of not doing business with you? And you're going to spell that out for them. Spell you're it out. Say it right there on your yep. website. There's some rules with that. I get to it in the book. You don't want to overdo that sure. particular category because you'll turn people off. But you do need to say there are some consequences not doing business with us. Here's what life looks like. You're going to keep procrastinating. You're going to make less money. You're going to have tooth pain. You know, whatever it is. Then the final is the success bucket. And that is we've got to give people a vision of what their life can look like if they do business with us. So we've got to tell them what their life will look like if they don't and positively what their life will look like if they do. That creates stakes in the story. So those are the seven. A character that wants something has a problem they have to overcome meets a guide who helps them, gives them a plan to show them how easy it is, calls them to action so they do not experience tragedy and instead experience success. Seven. Those are the seven messaging categories. And in my opinion, and I believe my opinion is right, uh, <laughs> you should only communicate answers to those seven questions. Anything on your website that doesn't come from one of those seven buckets is noise and it's confusing your customers. Well, one of the things I love, it's not, these aren't just like seven principles. This is actual a structured order for how you could write any brochure, how you could write any web page, how yep. you could write any commercial, any video, any social media post. That's right. It's, it's an actual like point checklist. Write about this, write and about that. And it's 2,000 years old and it's been proven to captivate a human brain. So if I, you said, you know, we use it for helping people give speeches all the time. And, you know, first thing you do is walk to the platform and you talk about what we all want, but we can't have it because there's a problem. But don't worry, because I've helped a lot of people get through this problem. And I've done it by one, two, three. I need you to engage and, and do this thing in order to solve this problem for yourself. Because if you don't, bad things going to happen. But don't think about that because good things can happen. They, your life oh, can man. look like this. That's it. Just those seven Everything parts. else is noise. Everything else is noise. And that will cause people to tune in and pay attention because we're... If you do it right, 
Right, if you do it right. If you understand the nuances of it. Okay, so let's get into, these are some of Rory's personal coaching questions. There you go. Okay. Step two is talk about something they want. Step seven. Well, step one is really talk about something that the character wants something. Okay, so the character is the given. You start. That's right. It's a given. That's the given. You identify what they want. So step one is talk about what they want. Right. Step seven is talk about if you take action, here's what's possible. What life will look like. Your revenue, if, if, I, if I'm your company and you guys do this so well, your revenue is going to increase. Your salespeople sales. are not going to feel alone. They're, they're going to have accountability. They're, you're going to have higher morale because the salesperson has somebody to talk to who actually knows what they're doing. You know, those kinds of things. Those are all positive outcomes. So what is the difference between number seven and number one? Well, what the character wants is uh, they're they're actually very similar and they can overlap. Okay. Uh, but let's say uh, you know I'm embarrassed about my yard and I don't want my I don't want to be embarrassed in the neighborhood anymore. That's something I want. Well, what's the solution to that? A beautiful lawn. So the success is the beautiful lawn. What I want is to not be embarrassed anymore. Th- they can overlap and they can even in those two categories. In fact, it's beneficial if they are the same thing. Because the more you can use the exact same language, the more clear your story actually is. Gotcha. Uh, but those two are very, very similar. Okay. So it's okay. So it's good. So it kind of it's almost like it's kind of cycles around in a weird way. But well, if you think about it, the success category closes the loop on what one. the customer wants. So it's actually even better if they get what they want in the end. Right. Yeah. And but then it's almost like every time you have success, it often creates the next problem and it's kind of like... Well, if you want to stay in business, you got to figure out other right. problems to solve. Okay, so here's here's the other one. And for some reason, I've just always struggled with marketing. Like, I think it's because I came up with sales, right? And it's, you know, knock on a door right. and, and, and work that. And we believe that. And that's, you know, we teach that and it, and it, and, and it works. But when you talk about marketing and you're, you're crafting a message and um, it's all about, you know, this pain, this problem, and you use the term villain... And right. it really clicked for me when you started using villain. So it's like there's something you want, but there's a villain. So that's step step two in the checklist is the villain. But there's yeah, the villain. It's it's a four part step two. It's the villain who causes an external, internal, and philosophical problem. Yeah, which is worth reading about. That yeah, is a huge, huge. So I, I, we're not going to have time to talk about all four of them. But what's the difference between an internal problem and an external problem? External problem is usually the physical problem that the company solves. Uh, for instance, you like saw growing sales. Yeah, like growing sales is an external problem. Internal is how your customer is feeling about their external problem. Mm. Uh, I'm feeling hopeless. I'm feeling unskilled. I'm feeling lost. So to use your lawn deal, a beautiful lawn is an external problem, or an ugly lawn is an external problem. And embarrassment is embarrassment, the embarrassment. You said, yeah, an ugly lawn's my problem. Embarrassment is how I feel about it. Now, here's why that's important. People are more motivated to solve internal problems than they are to solve external problems. In other words, nobody's calling you because they have a problem. Nobody. They're all calling you because that problem is making them feel something. Uh, and they're trying to end the feeling. They're not trying to solve the problem. They're trying to end the feeling, and the only way they're going to end yeah. that feeling is solve the problem. So when you actually say... I can give a crap less about my lawn, exactly but if I'm embarrassed... It. Exactly. Oh, so you know, if you say, uh, you know, I'm, uh, are you embarrassed about your lawn, and do you wish it looked as good as your neighbor's? Oh, That's God, the beginning I'm of a radio Instead of like... Uh, do you want us to come? We're running a discount on lawn service this week. Well, no, that that's not a, a solution to a problem. That's a solution to your problem because you're trying to get business. It's right. not a solution to my problem. My problem is I'm embarrassed. There's so much here. Um, Building a Story Brand is the name of the book. Clarify your message so customers will live in. This, this is a actionable checklist. This has become 
my personal playbook for how I think about everything. Oh, that's awesome. Thank um, you. And where do you want people to go to either connect with you guys, get the book, et cetera, et cetera? Well, they can buy the book anywhere you buy books, Barnes and Noble, uh, com, Amazon.com, anywhere. If you do buy it digitally, forward your receipt. You know, they send you a receipt. Forward it to this address, bonus at storybrand.com. And we'll actually send you about $150 of digital lectures and material mm-hmm. as a bonus for buying the book. And they're awesome, awesome lectures. One I gave in Orlando to a really elite group of folks, uh, digital marketers, uh, about a 50-minute talk that summarizes a lot of the stuff that we talked about here, except I go into much greater detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the book is Building a Story Brand, Amazon.com. Forward your receipt to bonus at storybrand.com. And you get more. All that sort of information about us is available at storybrand.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you guys, you guys have when you do that, you're gonna. They have this book uh, called a or a, this tool called a brand script, which I think you give away for fr- a free version. It's, which a, is, it's an incredible it piece of software. It is so cool that you get for free when you buy the book. <laughs> so for twenty five bucks, you get one hundred fifty dollars of this, and plus you get software. It's pretty awesome. If if somebody is out there and they're going, man, I just like I don't get this marketing stuff. I don't know what to. You know, I'm I'm trying to to you know I'm just a solopreneur. You know, I'm just trying to launch this new thing. What's the what's the what is the first step? I mean, other than buying the book, if you were going to just go, this is this is the one tip you just you need to just if you can think this way or do this one thing, it's it's going to move the needle on the effectiveness of your your absolutely marketing. even before you start the business if if you're at that stage or if you've been in business for ten years, the one question you need to answer is what problem do you solve? People are only motivated to solve problems. And if you can say, I solve this problem, people, you know, when, when somebody hands you their business card, you actually, you know, put it in that Rolodex file of your brain, right? You're trying to remember this person in their business. The Rolodex in a customer's brain isn't ba- alphabetically uh, categorized by the name of your business. It's alphabetically categorized by the problem you solve. So when you say, you know, here, here I do business, you know, I do, I do this and, and we, work, we work with wood a lot. I don't know what problem you solve. So and my, in my brain, I'm trying to figure out where to categorize you. And I'm not going to put you in a W for wood. I'll forget you. So if I can't figure out what problem you solve, I actually, I literally throw the thing away. In my, my brain. It's never in my brain again. But when you say, um, uh, you know, we work with wood. We make wood floors that, that don't buckle for 100 years. They're the most solid wood floors in the world. They'll never warp. Well, now, now, first of all, you just agitated a problem, right? I didn't know wood floors buckled and warped. And, I, and so now, who do I go to to solve this problem that I didn't even know existed? I go to you because your floors apparently don't buckle or warp. So just associating this, here's a problem that everybody's dealing with, and we have solved that problem, is the number one thing you want to do in business. Because you've got to be known for solving a problem. I love it. And the StoryBrand framework, my friends, solves the problem of helping you clarify your message. It helps you tell the world what problem you solve and how you do it and why you're the guide and why they should buy from you. So check it out. We'll put links in all the show notes, Don. uh, And team, thank you for all that you guys do. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Holy moly. I... I mean, I don't know if everybody sees that this clearly, but like to me, this is a is a game changer. Like the story brand framework gives people a chance or a plan for how to talk about what they do in a way that makes sense. And 
you know, that's just powerful because as a sales guy, you know, we just, we love selling and we just talk to people and we get them excited. But when you get into marketing and you have to sort of like craft your words and, you know, how do you write it and what do you say? And, and, you know, it's, it's a lot harder. <laughs> it's not as, it's not as natural. And I think this is so powerful. This idea, this SB7 framework, as they call it, story brand, I think is so huge. And, and, um, I want to share some of the the tweetable moments, you know, just from me. And you know, if you can tweet, those of you who are on Twitter, at Donald Miller is his um, his Twitter handle. Um, first of all, if you confuse, you'll lose. Boom! Right there, it is. Um, I also liked when he said, "If your branding is confusing, you're invisible." Customers give you zero time to learn about your brand. Your customer is the hero, not you. A story starts when a character has a problem. Communicate in a customer-centric message. I mean, it went on and on. So um, I guess there are four major highlights, these major themes that I just want to debrief for you um in terms of uh you know up applying this and you know obviously don has the book which i do highly recommend we we bought a bunch of copies for um a targeted segment of our customers um who are in um sort of this this new what we call automated revenue machine they're in coaching with us for online sales so that's a new curriculum where we're teaching sort of sales online sales processes and things like that but um it's really, really a wonderful book. I'm super excited about it. And, um, but these are, as I look back on our journey and I go, ah, these are the things we've done well. This is when things started happening. And if I were going to invite you to take action and for you to sort of get started on implementing this phase one, just based on what Donald shared here, um, this, this would be it, okay? So number one is what he said there at the very end. You have to answer the question, what problem do you solve? You have to know it and not just know it. You have to answer that question every single time you talk to a new prospect. You have to be crystal clear about what problem do you solve. Every single you know, brochure or blog or whatever, you have to reinforce that message over and over and over. and you know, that is, it takes discipline and reinforcement and, and it takes clarity and it's hard to, to, it's hard sometimes to clarify it. And if you have a lot going on in your company, sometimes that's tricky, right? Like, and I think part of why we've struggled is because all of our speakers have their own expertise and then we have, you know, our whole company and then we've got different divisions because we do keynote speaking and we do consulting. But once we really clarify and we figure out, you know, elevate sales, that's what we do everything started to fall in line. That is key is you have to know what problem do you solve? And it's the first question that any brand has to answer. If you can't answer it, then people can't hire you because they can't put you in the box in their brain that they need to access when that problem comes up. 
because that's how we think. That's how we process things, right? Like I'm going along, life is going well, and boom, there's a problem. And when there's a problem, I go, I have a problem. I need someone to help me solve it. Who are the people that I know that solve this problem? And that is how we access who we're going to work with. So you number one, you get crystal clear on what problem do you solve, and you repeat it out loud over and over uh, every time you talk to a new prospect. Number two, Okay, so second step here, uh, beyond you know going through the book and the SB7 and you know the brand script is incredible. We now do the brand script for every new product we launch and every new video or uh, marketing material that we put together. We're now running through this brand script. Um, our whole senior partner team went through the the training and and Don came out and you know so you know apart from doing what Don's stuff is talking about, just um, internalizing this and sharing with you, step two is you have to sell the problem as much as you sell the solution. So it's not just about being clear on the problem. You have to sell the problem. You have to talk about the problem. You have to expand on the problem. You have to demonstrate the impacts of the problem. And if possible, quantify the problem. Because when you can quantify the financial impacts of a problem, then the price is always going to be in, the price is always in relation to the size of the problem. If you have a big problem that is worth a lot of money to solve, then you can charge a big price um, because you're demonstrating the value. But if you don't do a good job of selling the problem or articulating the problem or quantifying the problem, then the price has no context. It has no connectivity. And so the price is just this random arbitrary number that is, you know, big or small or, you know, we're not sure, just depending on what our frame of reference is. So the the frame of reference for your price is the size of the problem and the quantity of the impacts of the problem. So sell the problem as much as you sell the solution. It will help you sell more. Um, the third thing, which is related again here to the problem, because this is, I mean, ultimately it comes down, I think, to just clarifying the problem. Um, and this was huge. This was this is something that Don said that never really struck me as powerfully as it did until we were doing this interview live, was he said that, remember, People aren't really trying to solve a problem. They're trying to cure a feeling. They're not just trying to solve a problem. They're trying to cure a feeling. So the next level of the problem, the the way to go deeper on the problem is if you can figure out what is the person feeling as the result of the problem. And if you can speak to that, right, they're feeling hopeless, they're feeling desperate, they're feeling lost, they're feeling overwhelmed, they are, they have some feeling that is the impending result of the problem. If you can speak to that feeling, you're zeroing in, boom, right on the, you know, the pain. And that pain is going to move them to action. That pain is going to create transformation for them. That, that pain is going to cause them to buy, but not only to buy, but to, to, but to move and to act in a way that 
you know, they're going to change their life. And so that is what you want to do is not only realize the problem, but what is the feeling, um, you know, as, as Donald calls it, the, what is the internal problem? What is the feeling that is the result of the external or the sort of the surface problem that they have to solve? And if, if you can figure that out and, and, and it's embarrassment and it's fear and it's, it's shame and it's guilt and it's overwhelm and it's distraction and it's being lonely or, you know, it's disorganized or disorganization, like whatever that feeling is, that is what is going to really move people to take action. And this is, you know, this is the intersection point, I think, of marketing and sales, right? Sales, we think of classically as talking to people, but but marketing a lot of, in a lot of ways, you know, the way I think about it is it's sales on paper, right? Uh, marketing is sales often through the written word um, or, or sales in a one-to-many category where you don't, you know, have the chance to isolate the message down to one, just one specific person. Okay, and then the last major lesson, and this is this is the a, a huge paradigm shift, or it was it was for me, is that you have to be the guide, not the hero. Right, like you're not the hero. Not if you want to sell, right? Not if you want to do this right. You don't want to be the hero. You don't want to tell your story. You want to insert yourself into your customer's story. Your customer is going on a journey. There's something they want. There's some villain they're coming up against, some problem they're experiencing, both internally and on the surface. And then you show up, not as the hero, but as the guide. You show up to just help them. And so your company history, your story, your personal story, your expertise only matters to the extent of providing the necessary credibility for for the customer or your prospect to check the box to say okay this company qualifies or this person you know is worth listening to so you have to sort of check the credibility box but that's it they don't need to know your whole story they don't need to know about you and so if you you know this is an old lesson that i learned from david Averin, who is which is another fantastic interview if you haven't listened to that podcast interview and david was was one of and has still to this day has been one of my my greatest mentors and and brothers and fans and believers and um, you know, he always taught me that whenever you do marketing, take a highlighter and go through and highlight anything that talks about you or your company in one color, and then go through and talk about whatever um, is when you're talking about your customer's pain or problems in another color. And what you almost always find is you're always talking about you and your company and how great you are instead of talking about your customer's problem and what's the path to, to their solution. And that's what Donald is, is hitting at here is you are the guide. You are not the hero. It's not about your story. It's about their story. So live inside of their story. And what will happen is they will hire you and they will buy from you and life will be good and you know things will work out. So um, this has just been a great big struggle for me over the years. And I feel like I'm getting as much clarity now as ever before. And it's been such relevant timing for us because Southwestern Consulting has gone through this huge global rebrand. By the way, if you, if you haven't been to our sites in a while, you should check them out. Southwesternconsulting.com takes you to this global homepage. Uh, and then you can click down to the countries and, and all the different divisions. But um, don't be the hero, be the guide, follow the framework and sell the problem as much as you sell 
the solution. Well, that about wraps up the Action Catalyst podcast for this week. If you haven't yet, please log in to whatever your favorite medium is to listen to the show and both rate this podcast and leave a comment as that helps new prospective listeners determine if the show's really a good fit for them. If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and screenshot this episode to share with your friends on social media. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst and subscribe to our video podcast on YouTube. Thanks for listening.